If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. It is February 5th. 2018. We're cruising right along with this year. You know, it's crazy. We're already into February, and soon I'll be saying we're already into Christmas. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't go that far. <laughs> right. Now, I, I, I just, I'm just looking around, and I see the Toys for Tots stuff in the in the studio, and it kind of it kind of always gets like a, a, a little, it, it buries butterflies in my tummy when I see them, because that's, that's, the, that's the time of year that I go kind of out of control and on, on, uh, on autopilot. Uh, so I, I actually, you can, you can tell probably by the, the sound of Ellen's voice, she's on the phone. She's ultimately in Atlanta. She abandoned me again this week, but, uh, hi, Helen, Ellen, how are you? I am tired. I have been traveling since Saturday. It's exhausting. Jeez. Oh, yeah. I, well, I, I, I had to drive to North Carolina and then today I had to drive to Atlanta for work. Oh, okay. Uh, otherwise I would be in the studio with you. Believe me, it's cold here. I would much rather be in Florida. <laughs> yeah. So tonight I actually we have... woke up to snow uh, yesterday. Oh. Hadn't seen it in years and not a good experience. Oh, you haven't you haven't had snow at Mama's house at all when you've been up there? No. Oh. No. Well, I, I guess heard, that's I, I guess a that's a bonus. Turkey outside the window, literally a wild turkey, and I got up and looked, out, and there was snow everywhere. And apparently, these turkeys come and tell everybody that lives in the house that they want food, and they throw birdseed to them. So we did that yesterday. It was interesting. Oh, oh, nice, nice. Well, let's, let's 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 get on topic here. We're talking about turkeys right. and snow. Okay, we have Rob Kelly on the line with us from Rob Kelly Addiction Services. He was a guest. I don't know, sometime last year, and we got a lot of positive feedback from the conversation that we had with Rob, and he reached out, and um, here we have him. Hi, Rob. How are you? Hi, Ray. I'm doing good. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing fantastic. Another day above ground, right? Yeah, indeed. I'm yeah, I mean, with the, with all of the, you know, you know, speaking, you know, the show is about addiction and recovery, and and you know, the further I get away from my last use, um, the more friends that I lose on a daily basis. You know, Ellen and I always talk about, you know, that fake number of uh, however many it is that you know, the the powers that be say we lose a day. It's probably times three. Uh, the sad reality is, is again, yesterday I heard uh, I lost a, you know, a childhood friend, um, 59, 60 years old. Um, and, and it had to be from, from addiction. And I mean, we automatically assume when we hear somebody that, that passed away that was, was in our inner circle, we automatically assume that it was from addiction. And ultimately, we're getting older now when it could be from natural causes, but everybody in today's world automatically assumes it's from addiction. Well, I know for a fact that we did a survey about nine years ago in Texas. We went into three hospitals on a Friday and Saturday night, and there was 95% of people coming through the door had alcohol or drugs in the system. But that wasn't the amazing part. The amazing part was, like you said, you get a number per day, per week of people dying, but it's at least triple that because what we were seeing is we were seeing these guys coming in 
who had liver damage from alcohol. And they didn't put it down, the cause of death as alcoholism, they put it down as liver damage. So all these deaths were occurring while we were there monitoring, but no one said alcohol or drug overdose. It was crazy. So at least three times, if not six times the amount of people dying on a daily basis that we just we just don't know about. It's not, it's not right, right, noticed. right. It's yeah, like I mean, even like if it's a if it's a car accident and it's alcohol related from the night prior or something like that, or marijuana related, or those are all statistics that don't fit, you know, into the um, core of what it is that they count. And and it's it's probably it blows the Richter scale, I'm sure, with everything that because I mean, as a society, what what do they say that um, we make up? five percent of the world's population but we consume 80 percent of of the of the drugs or something like that i'm not sure what those numbers are but it's something close like that and that's that's incredible it is it sounds about right that absolutely it's just i'm so glad that i got into this business i um been in the business for about 27 years you know i um got into the business in america 10 years ago just for the reason of raising the profile of the alcoholic or the addict and we're very big on not only raising profiles but also working with families and really educating the families of what the son, daughter, wife, or husband is going through. And it's very little to do with the alcohol or drugs. You know, it goes deeper than that. Because what we always get off the parents is, well, can they not just stop? Is that, can they just stop drinking or just stop using? Everything will be okay. You know, I wish it was just about the alcohol and drugs. It goes much further than that. Oh, and yeah. We have an epidemic on our hands, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and I don't necessarily... Do. Ellen, Ellen and I have been talking over the weeks about, you know, and, and you would you being being on the front lines per se. I mean, I'm just a I'm I don't want to say I'm a casual observer because I'm a I'm a recovering addict myself, but I'm not in knee deep every single day with with trying to help people uh, dust them off and 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 find them a better path to to live and and, and it has to be a struggle. It has to be what like overwhelming at times when you're trying to make a good positive effort to do it and it just seems like it's a rising tide you know like you said an epidemic it is and uh i do this seven days a week i don't get a day off um it's 24 hours a day seven days a week i'm on call 24 hours a day uh me and my staff it's lucky i have an excellent partner with me called kate dillon Catherine dillon uh she's a psychotherapist from Canada, and she helps me get some time off when she texts the patients um, on a Monday and Wednesday, which is, gives me some reprieve, but I'm still working. I'm still answering calls. I'm still talking to people in the industry. Sometimes it gets a bit too much, but I know at the end of the day when I was homeless, going back some time ago, I wanted help, and there was nowhere to turn to help to say, hey, can you give me a few straight answers? And that's what we're about today here at Rob Kelly Addiction Services is talking straight to you and your family. We're not going to sugarcoat anything. We're going to tell you how it is, and the chances of you dying are very, very high while you have this disease. And let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Um, just through your own personal experience and, and my, my street experience, that, that chance of dying is so much greater than the chance of finding recovery, isn't it? Oh, my God. There's a 95. I'm a statistics guy, right? I put everything down to, to percentages. Mm -hmm. If you're a chronic alcoholic or drug user, there's a 95% rate of you dying. 95%. 
There's only 5% of us make it. That's the scary. AA, AA says that is 2%. So scary. Treatment said, said, said it's 3%. It's 5%. That's the success rate. Now, put them against 100 people, you know. 95 of them are going to die of this disease. We are so lucky to be sat here today, Ray, saying that we once used to have a drug and alcohol problem and we don't abuse that stuff today. We are so lucky. It's unreal. Oh, you're you're a hundred you're a hundred percent correct. You know, and and it's it's if if we could bottle it and sell it, we'd be multimillionaires. And it's not something that you can force feed somebody either. I, I see. You know, they, they want to pass legislation statewide to force people that have two or three overdoses or if they use Narcan, if the if the ambulance service uses Narcan on them twice a week or twice a month, they want to force them into treatment. That's not something that you can force. It's it's. I don't, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, they say it was, they say it was divine intervention. I'm not sure it was what it was, but all I know is that I'm fortunate enough to be getting out of my my own way on a daily basis. And uh, the end of this month, I'll ha- I'll be celebrating 29 years clean. Wow, wow, 29 years. That's phenomenal. But you I know, can give it up in a minute. Higher power? Is it higher power, Rob? Is it a God thing? I don't like God. I don't like. I don't care what it is. For me, it was God. It was a higher power thing. Right. And I truly believe that that's the only person with me that took the compulsion to drink away. Because I tried everything. I'd lost my kids. I'd lost my wife. I'd lost the big house. I lost my cars. I lost my holiday home. I lost my mom and dad. I was homeless on the streets, sleeping in bus shelters. And I was still thinking I was not an alcoholic. How crazy is that? I'm the only person laying in the gutter, still looking down on people because of my ego. And that's what it took for me. It took everything to go. It was, it was pitiless. It was, it was just a sad a picture of me the last day. It happened to me, and, and, and I got this intervention from, from God or higher power. And from then on, that moment onwards, five or six seconds later, my life changed. 2.30 in the morning on a Sunday morning. Never forget it. My life changed because I or no human power could do it, unfortunately. And that's just my right. story. I know millions of people like that. We've worked with about 20. No, 5,270-something over the last 20 years. And most of them have found their higher power, have found their way out, and most of them have a successful, happy life today, which, is, which gives me that warm feeling in the heart. We don't do this for the but, money, right? We really don't. We believe if you do the right thing, the money will be there. And it always has been. Whether we've got a dollar in the bank or $100,000 in the bank, it makes no difference. How can we help the guy that's looking up towards the girl saying, please help me? with the family distraught around them. That's the guys we like to work with. Well, I remember when we interviewed you before, you said you would you could look at a person and tell if they were really, I guess, ready to get better. I can. First you know something I I don't want to I don't I don't want to you know um say say you know I I think I think any addict that has been through uh, addict or alcoholic that has been through the horrors of active addiction can look back on someone um and know if they and know if they're being honest I mean granted you you do it every single day but like I can kind of tell when I'm speaking to somebody who's reaching out for help whether they're serious or whether they're just looking for a bed and a meal. There is a great distinction there. I can look at someone and go, yep, you're suffering from addiction, and they will swear blind they are not, and it comes out they are. Yeah. So much in denial, it's unreal. But it's that look, we have that gaunt look, we have that lifeless eyes, we have that shame, we have that remorse and guilt showing on our face, the, 
the embarrassment of being in this position. It's all shows on your face. My second PhD is in behavioral science. I study people's behavior, their movements, their eyes, their facial expressions, and it all tells me a story that I need to know before I start working with this guy. Is this guy in it for the right reason? Or is he in it because his rich mom and dad want him to be with somebody? Because we don't work with them guys. We work with the separate so, ones who really want to do this deal. So, so let me ask you a question, Rob. With, with all of your experiences, and you see someone who <coughs> may be just confused and is, do, and is following the leader, the, following the leader of their, the lead of their parents, saying this is where he needs to be. And you know that the, the kid or whoever it is really doesn't want to be there, but you can tell that maybe this is one of those individuals that you can kind of maybe grab by the seat of the pants and push him in the right direction. Um, how successful have you been with clients like that, that when on, on the first impression you see him and go, yeah, I don't think this kid's going to make an honest effort and they come out the other side and they're your shining star. Uh, I'd go as high as to say 20%. Well, that's, I you mean, know, that's you, a good percentage you know, to work with, is. right? Yeah, that's, uh, and it is, you know, you see him come in. There's always something that gives him a right, away, right? Always something to me. I have a right. chat with the patient when they come in and then I send them out. I have the chat with the mom and dad. Then they bring the patient on their own back again. And I'm just talking in street terms to them. How bad do you want to do this? Because if you don't stop wasting my time and mommy, daddy's money, get the hell out of my office. And it's there it's to make and break there. Whatever they say from then on decides whether we're going to work. But if there's a little tiny glimmer of hope, we're all in. We've got to be all in. Right, like right. And, talking about, I can't get it wrong. And how do you how do you approach a parent that you know you have a conversation with, say me, and you see you see I have no interest all over my face, and then the parents come in and they're trying to force you to take their they're overly aggressive to take your child because they're in such of a panic because they know their child is going to die. What do you how do you like let them down easy per se if if the kid ain't ready? What we do, first of all, is when they first call up, it's usually the parents, and I tell them, you have an assessment, and the assessment is either five minutes long or an hour. It takes whatever it takes, but let me tell you, mom and dad, there's about 10% of people in the community right now that will pass that assessment, so please be prepared. If we say no, it's because he's not ready, and he's wasting your money. You need to take him somewhere else because we won't work with him, so we, we kind of preempt to that situation by leading them in slowly. Mm -hmm. Now, by the time they get to us, they've probably been in treatment three or four times anyway, so they're kind of almost ready. But when they hear me, you know, I try and talk in street terms because I'm an Oxford graduate with two PhDs. Right. Um, I, I don't need to be stood on my soapbox talking down to them. I need to be in the streets with them. And, and my language is blue, and, my, and my, my attitude is aggressive, but I'm talking to the disease. I'm trying to... I'm trying to see where this disease is in this person. And it will come out saying the right words. It will come out, and then we know this guy's ready. This guy's ready no, I, to rock and roll. Yeah, no, I, t I totally get that. Because, you know, you need to speak directly and clearly to the disease. Because the disease is what is in control at that moment. And it not, only, not only in one way with the active addict, but in another way with the loving family members that want to... Uh, try to help their, their active addict. I mean, you know, there's, you're dealing with two different aspects of the disease because there's the caretaker and then there's the, and then there's the um, emotional terrorist, as, as I like to call myself. Yes, yes. 
good way of putting it. I like that. I really do. <laughs> you know, well, and that, that's true. And as as a parent, I have been in that position countless times. You know, where it's I'm the one that makes the call. I'm the one that begs. You know, the facility. I'm the one yeah. that sets up the um, the assessment. And you know, ultimately, you know, at least for my child, it it never really worked. Well, there's there's a three percent success rate in the treatment centers at the moment, and I'll tell you why that is. The treatment center model is broken. It's been broken for many years. I agree. It with became that. A, a health facility turned into a business, and once anything turns into a business, it's a bit like soccer. When something turns to a business, it stops becoming a sport or a health industry, and it's all about the dollars. How much money right. can we get in for this patient? How long can we keep him in it? And, and people say, you can't say that on air. I've been saying this for 10 years. How long can we keep this guy maximum amount of money that your insurance company is going to pay? And right. that is what it's all about today. Nobody cares if anybody gets well. If you think about it, guys, think about this. You're running a business. It's a profit business you're running. If you... Bring somebody in and get them well and never see them again. That's a bad business model. You're throwing money away. But if you bring them in for a three-month period and let them go out without getting well, they're going to come back to you again. And that's how treatment centers are making their money. They're not interested if you recover or not or get well. They're not interested whatsoever. Now, there may be a few out there that is. I'm talking in, in general, you know, because I've, I've visited most treatment centers in America over the last 20 years, and they're, they're, they're not bothered. And it, and it upsets me and it, and it annoys me that people... Do you know, Ray, I'll tell you something now and I'll tell everybody this. We are the only company in the world that we will refund your money if the kid doesn't stay sober for the rest of his life. Refund every dime you spent in my office if this guy doesn't stay sober for the rest of his life. He has to follow right, our no one says that. Yeah. No one yeah, else that's does amazing. that. It, it, yeah, no, no one says that, that because... It, yeah. Put your money where yeah. your mouth is. You know, but they don't. You're, you're, they a don't different, do. you're a different. You're a different. You're a different kind of business when you say that, because you're banking. You're banking on you, uh, and what you can bring to the addict versus uh, banking on how much you can grift from the addict and their family. Yeah. And sadly, sadly, you know there are plenty of companies out there tenfold um, that are that have the right intentions. They just may not have the proper model in place because they are following the guidelines of whatever it is, you know, that they're following somebody else's business pattern or business, uh, yeah. um, business book. And, and, and they fail at what it is that they do and they don't understand oh. why. And they just get into a rut and, and, you know, and I don't want to in any way, uh, deter people from looking into a facility for your child. If you're, sp or your loved one if you're speaking to someone right now just make sure that you ask the right questions you know because they're going to tell you one they're going to tell you what you want to hear rob just told you straight out he will give you your money back he will give you your money back he's not in it for the cash he's not in it for the glory he's not in it for the big huge name he's in it to save people's lives he's in it to keep people breathing and you know that is what we need in recovery. We don't need these big, huge facilities that, um, you know, like uh, um, there's one that, <clears throat> I don't want to say the name, but they own like almost a lot or a piece of almost every single recovery facility. And they push patients and clients back and forth and here and there. And 
And um, well, they, they you kind know, of herd them around, from what I've seen. You know, you just yeah, have yeah. a big yeah. group. Well, you know, why don't we herd? Why don't we Why don't we go to break? Uh, reset a little bit because I'd like to talk about the positive aspect of Rob's company and not the negative aspects of of others. So, but if you would like to call and ask Rob a question, dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a moment. Network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent, inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision-making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Ready to transform your health and your world? Join host Melissa Alexander for Insight Living with Vitality. Melissa and her guests go behind the scenes on what it takes for practitioners and clients to transform themselves and others. She provides insight to medical procedural breakthroughs, available product resources, and explains lifestyle choices designed to improve and expand your vitality. It's time to get rid of that baggage, remove those blockages, and prevent buildup from hindering your progress in life. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that'll help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, welcome back. We have on the line, we have Rob Kelly, and Ellen had to call in as well. She's out on business in Atlanta. Um, we were talking earlier, you know, in the earlier segment about um, your recovery facility and, and the things that you offer. And what what else do you what else do you have 
to offer the recovery community? Like, do you do you write books? Do you have tapes? Do you do things like that as well that the average person can get a hold of? They don't have to go through your facility in order to be able to um, grab your wealth. I don't mean wealth like money. I mean wealth like knowledge. Do you have books out in the industry that uh, people can read? We do, and uh, we love giving free advice. By the way, if you if just just Google my name. Rob with two B's, Kelly, R-O-B-B, Kelly, and uh, you'll see everything there. But it also show we have some DVDs out, and uh, I always say other than not me because I have, a, I have a bunch of guys behind me that, that help me do this stuff. It's not, a, it's not a me industry. It's like a we industry. But we have a set of DVDs out that's been in the top 20 uh, best-selling addiction DVDs in the world. Uh, that's called Let's Get Back to the 99% Recovery Rate. And the reason why I called it that is because in the early days of places like Alcoholics Anonymous, the success rate in them, in them places when they did the real deals, 99%, I'd like to see the, the recovery community get back to that and take this seriously instead of watered-down stuff. But it basically goes through the story of my life, and then it goes through the 12 steps with you, and it breaks down each step, and it breaks down how to read the book. Because um, there's a way to read that. There's certain things in that book that the authors want me to read as the reader, and I never knew that. And from years and years of studying it, mm-hmm. I've picked up on this, and I've talked all over the world about how to read the book. It's so important. So we've got the DVDs oh. out. My, my latest proud moment is uh, next month there's going to be a book release. I'm going to do a TV, around-the-country TV uh, promotion. But the, the, the book, I'll have to tell you about this. It's It's amazing. I, I decided to write a, a biography about my life. Let's see what's uh-huh. happening and where I've been. And for most of the part, Ray, while I was writing it, it took a long time. And the reason why it took longer than we thought is I can't stop crying when I'm writing it. It's so upsetting to me that I've been through all this stuff. And not only mm-hmm. that, I put my kid through hell. I put my family and friends through hell. And mm-hmm. it's just been a, just enormous pressure on me to write this book because I do, I do a couple of lines and I have to stop. I've got, I've got help of, of somebody writing it at the moment, but we sh- we're actually in editing right now. So we should be coming out. It's called Daddy, Daddy, Please Stop Drinking. The oh, I did see I that. I did that see that on your Facebook page, yeah. Yes, exactly. And the reason why I chose that is because that's the last thing my eldest daughter said to me. How old is that picture? That picture's um, 18 years old. Wow, so she, how old was she then? 20 years ago. She was about five. Yeah, she looks it. So, yeah, yeah it was, uh, it's an emotional part, but, you know, without that story, Ray, I couldn't do what I do today with the understanding and the knowledge that I have. Because, yeah. you know, this isn't a job, it's a passion. It's like, I truly believe that there's a way out of, of the, the BS that we're all going through with addiction. And I truly nope. believe that everyone's addicted to something, by the way. I'm a great believer in that. No, I mean, I mean that's true, and I and I tot- I totally understand that too because I was one of those um, kids that um, when I went to school, you know, Officer Jimmy came in and the, you know the the proverbial uh, board with the pipes on it and the and the marijuana or the whatever they had in the bag, and they said don't do these substances, and why? Because they're illegal. There was no base to why they said that they were dangerous. There was no base whatsoever. We're living proof of what that base is. And, you know, when, when we get into telling our story, when we get into writing down what it is that we have done in the past, 
we're still human and we still feel those feelings. You have to, you have to, in order to be able to carry on, step up and, 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 and brush yourself off, you have to be able to embrace that as well, as tragic as that sounds, because that is part of your story. And I get, I get that it breaks you up because it was, because it's real, you know? Um, and there's a lot of things that I think back on and it saddens me today because of the mindless path that I was on of destruction and didn't care who I was hurting while I was doing it, you know? It's amazing. That that always gets me that we don't mind who we hurt or we, we're not aware of who we hurt while we're doing it. Right. Well, I mean, how many... For me, for the, the biggest question is why? You know, why, why, why? It's not supposed yeah. to happen to, you know, nice people like me, but it does all the time. And there doesn't yeah, well, seem to be an answer to that question. I don't think anybody has an answer to it because we can say why as well. So, you right. know what I mean? Like, we're, we're, you know, you, you were on one side of the odd plan. We were on the other. Um, we were getting at least some value out of it by the substances that we were ingesting. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it was still tearing everybody up and nobody knew why. Because if we did know why, we could stop it that much earlier. You know, we could stop it that much, stop it right in its tracks. Like I said, if we could sell it in a bottle, then everybody could have a sip. The good addicts would drink three or four. Um, but... <laughs> you know, we would all be able to get on with life and it just doesn't work that way. We have to carry, carry our knowledge, maybe through a lot of tragedy and pain. And, and that's why we stay focused and stay passionate. And that's why Rob does what he does. And he writes books about his tragic life and, 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 you know, like a Phoenix coming up out of the ashes because one, it shows people that, you can do it too. And it also shows people that while they are dealing with an active addict, there is always hope. And you know what? I know there's a lot of people listening tonight. I've got a lot of friends who's listening tonight around the country. And I want to say this to everybody out there. We've, we've, we've distinguished that it's not about the money. It's about the help. We are here to help anybody. The family, the, the client or pre-client, a friend doesn't make any difference. I will always answer the phone when you call. It'll always be me. My staff don't answer it. And I'll always be there for an hour or two hours chat. I'm not going to charge any money. It's me, me and you talking about addiction and how you can get around it. I'm available almost 24 hours a day. So if, you, if you're out there and you're thinking, what do I do about this? Call me. We'll, we'll walk you through it. And, and then you can take your guy to a treatment center. He doesn't make any difference to us. But I want to explain to you, moms and dads out there, what this deal is and how it affects not only you, but the addict or alcoholic as well, because there is a way out. Like Ray just said, from homeless back to where I am today, you couldn't write this in your wildest dreams. You couldn't write what I've been through. And yet here I am as I stand here to bear witness today that you can recover from addiction and alcoholism and you can have a life beyond your wildest dreams. You just need to be shown the way out. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, you, you do have to have a faint piece of willingness. And I think, I think everyone, I mean, I know I did on countless occasions have willingness, but it was never at the right moment, you know? Um, and ultimately, you know, all, you know, divine intervention happened and my willingness was there, 
when my avenue for recovery was available. And it happened. And, you know, I, I tell Alan, you know, even even the first nine months, I wasn't sure that I wanted to stay clean. I wasn't sure that I wanted to keep doing what I wanted to do. But I did know that I didn't want to go back being homeless in, in, in Hazelwood Park in New Bedford, Massachusetts. I just didn't, I didn't want to do that anymore. That wasn't part of my, my Rolodex of options. And, and death before that, came more enticing. So I said, maybe I better just stick around here and start opening, opening my ears and, and hearing what people are sharing with me because they all walk that path as well. And it's great to know that there is an individual out there who, uh, like you, uh, you actually, who has the willingness to reach out or listen to people as an addict, not as a businessman, as a recovering addict and alcoholic, to be able to share your wisdom of where you came from and where their loved ones may be, to give them a better vantage point of maybe getting them and pushing them in the right direction. You know, that's that's huge, Rob, that you that you have the willingness to to take a phone call and chat with somebody and not see dollar signs on the other end of the line, whereas these these marketing companies, that's all they see. Yeah, that, we're big on when people call me. I tell them to go somewhere, take, take, especially his first time, take him to a treatment center, but ask all the right questions, just like you said, Ray, before. Ask the right questions before you take him. We don't mm-hmm. want him to come to me. If you want him to come to us, then great, we'll talk about that. But in the interim period, let me, let me give you guys, mums and dads, just some reprieve for a second and, and tell you how this is going to go. Because once you're booking in somewhere, it's a, it's a reprieve for you. It's a respite. That's all it is. And you can find the rest because my parents used to set up most of the nights wondering if I was dead or not. And mm-hmm, that right. pressure on other people apart from the addicts and alcoholic is tremendous. And, and people, my, my mom, we're, we're, we're true today. We think this honestly with our heart, that my mom caught cancer for the stress and worry about me being on the streets. And that's what oh, I killed her. Yeah, I don't want anybody else it. to go through that. That's the reasons why I do this, guys, because I lost my kids. I lost my parents. I've lost everything. And, and if, if somebody could just tell me a couple of years before, if you do this, this, and this, and this is what was going to happen, I would have just, oh, I would have just loved every second of it. But nobody did, Ray. Nobody knew back in the day what to do. Right. They just sent me to a 12-step group, and I needed more than that. You know, the alcohol, yeah. the alcohol for me was the symptom. It's a bit like having spots with chicken pox. People <laughs> see the spots and say, Rob, you've got chicken pox. How do you know? I can see the spots all over you. Yeah. No, no, no. That, that is not chicken pox. I have a viral infection. What you're seeing is the symptom to the viral infection. And what you're seeing with the alcohol, you're seeing the alcohol that goes with the addictive personality. It's not the alcohol mm-hmm. that's causing the problems here, guys. It's the addictive brain. Once no, it's very true. Let me ask brain, let me let me ask Ellen a, a question. Um, because you're a, you're a mother of of uh, of an addict or, or addicts, or, or you you've been in this situation, you know, on the other side, trying to secure your loved one into uh, a safe place. Have you ever heard anyone on the other line say what Rob just said? No, and I I, I did not know the questions to ask. I would ask things like, you know, what is your success rate after, and, and you know, they would say, oh, 75%. But I didn't say, how do you measure that? <laughs> because right. they don't. 
Um, no, that's just a number I they make up. I would ask things like, do you throw them out immediately onto the street? Because this has happened to me more than once, or, or to my, my loved one more than once. If they use while they're in treatment, do they get thrown in the street? You know, those were the types of things that, that I started worrying about. I didn't worry too much about whether or not they had a family program that kind of worked hand-in-hand, you know, like family therapy with the addict. We never did that, and I think it probably would have been helpful for me if, if you know, if no one else. Um, I did not know what to expect. I did not understand how the disease progressed. My first interaction with a treatment center, I assumed that, you know, my daughter would be cured. And I work in healthcare. Right. And, and that right, was my right. assumption. You know, she goes to rehab, they take care of her, bing, bang, boom. It's all good. And, you know, for me, it was also years of learning, uh, years of my own 12 step recovery, attending open AA and NA meetings to hear recovering addicts tell their stories so that I would see that there is hope. Because, you know, like you said, Rob, as as a parent, it's it's the scariest thing ever because you don't know when you're going to get that call. It's and so many people are. As well. Yeah. I mean, it's horrible. I mean, can you imagine your mom's and dad's got it on thinking, is he alive today or is he dead? You know, yes. so, my mom said to me one day, said, I used to hear a police car drive past with its sirens on, and I prayed to God that it was to tell me that you died. Just so we So she could, that. yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Be, um, it's horrible. I mean, we put people through that, but the other side is we can come out from that and we can make amends for all them people who love us today for who we are. And if you're a mom and dad out there or your loved one suffering from addiction and you're thinking about appointment treatment, ask this question to the treatment center. How is your program going to change my son's life? That's all you have to ask. Tell me why it's going to change think, my yeah, son's life. That's, that's right. a very important question, and it's not one that you ever think to ask. You want to know... You know, are you curing people? Well, I don't know well, that you cure this. You manage it. No, you don't. Yeah. Yeah, you manage it is right. Yeah. Yeah. But you know that the, the um, we're, we're coming up on a break. So, Rob, I, I don't want to throw you on the spot because of what you just said, but how can people get in touch with you? You know, like uh, through email, like maybe if they have questions or I mean, I don't want to I don't want to like bang your day with 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 that but i mean i guess that's what you do so and, and you no, wouldn't have said do. it if that's please not what do. you did so let, let let people know before we go to break here how they can get in touch with you well the quickest way to get in touch with me guys out there is just google my name i'm all over google everyone knows who i am in the industry google my name if you have a pen handy call me direct here's my cell phone number it's 214-600-0210 i'm going to give that again at the end of the show grab a pen you can email me at Rob. Remember, it's always two Bs, Rob at RobKelly.com. And the website, of course, is RobKelly.com. And guys, don't think you're being a pain. Don't think there's a question too crazy to ask. Get on the phone. That's what I'm here for. The rest of the stuff pays the bills. But I want to help you get through this period as a family. And I'm here to help. That's all. If I do that every single day, my day is good. I'm, I'm, I, can, I can relax in the knowledge that I've passed this on. I'm doing my job. Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to go to break now. So dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. If you have any questions for Rob, Ellen, myself, or if you just want to be part of the solution, we'll be back in a moment. Opinions, options, answers. 
You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you tired of the healthcare system only treating your symptoms and never addressing the root cause? Discover how integrative medicine can resolve health issues through dietary and lifestyle changes and the use of natural supplements. Increase your energy, memory, mood, immune system, sexuality, and more. Join Dr. Sunil Pai and Maureen Sutton to help you take back your health with natural, evidence-based solutions. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Have you figured out what to attract in your life in order to make it successful? There are those who can and those who can learn. Your intensified energy gives you willpower to move the bar forward and be happy. Happy people spread their energy throughout their lives, and once they figure it out, go on to be successful at nearly everything they set their mind to. Join host Ellen Morano and her panel of guest experts and co-hosts on Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health and Wellness. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. your health where you think it should be if you're like most people the answer is probably not where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track the answers start on occupy health each week host dr susan downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider you'll want to plan for your optimal health with occupy health listen fridays at 11 a.m pacific time 2 p.m eastern time on voice america health and wellness You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, welcome back. We have our co-host, Ellen out in parts unknown on the phone. And we also have Rob Kelly from Rob Kelly Addiction Services. You're in Dallas, right, Rob? Correct. Dallas, Texas. Okay, you know, and, and usually, you know, while while I'm on the on the air, I flip through a lot of the Facebook recovery groups that I'm in, the social media recovery groups I'm in. I'm spinning down and we're talking about, you know, um, losing loved ones and, you know, the the rate of of death and I see this thing that says a mom in one of my groups lost her third child to an overdose this morning. Can you imagine that? It's just tearing. I mean, it's tearing up families. It's tearing up communities, really. And, and you know, the only people that are proactive, um, I don't want to say we really aren't making a dent, 
but we really aren't because that number isn't going down any. So how do we how do we turn that around? I mean, the knowledge that we all have, um, if we could get that out to the masses in some way, and and you know, it, it's it's probably like a governmental issue that we need to really address because um, being the greatest country in the world. With throwing a population of people away only because the moral aspect of somebody being an addict. Yeah, it comes down to one word, and that's education. If we can get out there, I'm on national TV uh, on the doctors and their addiction guy, and every time mm-hmm. I go on, I try and educate people. But even off topic, I just try and educate people or give them contacts because I worked with a, a lady about five years ago. She came to us and she was desperate and. Uh, it was running through the family. Uh, two sons and daughter had addiction problems. And she came to us and we got, we got, we got, oh, well, we, you know, we walked her through the program. That was five years ago. A year later, a son died. And I knew the son. Mm. The son died of uh, a heroin overdose. It's been clean for about two years. And then two weeks ago, a, a, another son died because he overdosed. And, and, and she's still sober. But it's horrible. I mean, you, it, this is reality. Oh, reality oh. hits you in the face is, we don't know as much about addiction as we should know. And secondly, it's still a dirty disease that nobody wants to talk mm-hmm. about. Sadly, that's, that's sadly, you know, something sometimes, sadly, sometimes that's, that slips up into number one, that it's just that it's a dirty disease that no one wants to talk about or look at, you know, because the, you know, the people who that, who can make a difference still look down on the, on our class of people. And, and, you know, gratefully, you know, I am part of that class, but I don't, I don't, you and I don't show it today. Like we used to, um, before, I mean, now we have homes. We had park benches, and uh, yeah. you know, yeah. people people look at that individual on a park bench as something other than human, and that's well, the sad a, thing. A moral judgment, you know, to me, and I used to be one of those judging people before you know it it affected my life, and you know, mm-hmm. and now I realize it is a disease. But how do you educate people who absolutely refuse to see it for what it is? You yeah, have to show them proof is what you need to do. I, when I do my my tours around, I do a presentation to corporate people, and I show them a, a slide of a guy, full beard, overcoat on, string tied around the waist, sneakers that have got holes in them, and the next uh, next to him is a, a lady dressed in business clothes with with a briefcase. And I always ask the audience, it's easy to spot who's the alcoholic. And they all go, the guy is. And I say, no, well, both of them are. Yeah. And it yeah. them every single time. I mean, I have people come to me who work, we do with a lot of famous people. And they'll come to us and say, I want to work with you, but I want to pay cash. And I know why they want to pay cash, because they don't want a paper trail of anybody right. knowing that there's something right, right. alcoholism mm-hmm. or addiction. And that's terrible. If we're not going to raise the profile, everyone keeps hiding. Everyone should be telling right. the story. I agree 100%. Yeah, I had, I, I had worked for uh, years past. I had worked for a toxicology company, and we, ha- we had quite a few accounts where every single time the courier went in to pick up the urines, they had to sign a, a nondisclosure at the gate. They were they weren't wow. even allowed into to the facility. They didn't see anyone in the facility, yeah. but just in case yeah. uh, somebody was out there, how, how does that not you know? I mean, 
I'm grateful for, uh, you know, the recovering addicts that, that are in the limelight that come out and say it because that motivates the regular individual to say, well, gee, I was watching this person's movies for 30 years before they even are claiming that they're an addict or an alcoholic. And and they seem to have their stuff together today. I get the, I get the, um, you know, the road warriors, I would say that, you know, they're out there and they're, they're ripping and roaring. And then all of a sudden they have three months clean and they go on the circuit saying, you know, NA and AA saved my life. And the next thing you know, they're out there running around crazy again. And people say, well, they're proof that those programs don't work. Yeah. Well, one of the things that, that kind of bothers me a little bit is that they are anonymous fellowships. And, you know, I think there's a movement within some of them to say your whole name. Because as long as you remain anonymous, you're not going to raise the profile. You're not going to prove that, you know, this happens to, it can happen to anybody. Well, I think the reason why, no, I think the reason why they did that was because um, it stems off of Alcoholics Anonymous and, you know, Dr. Bob and and, and, and Bill, um, when did they write that book, Rob? It was in the 30s, I think. Yeah. 39, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, back then, it was it was that much more of a stigma. I mean, today it's right in your face, and everybody everybody that you see in Walmart is on something. I don't want to say everybody, but you know, it's it's more so in your face. So I think the the anonymous quote unquote anonymous has kind of gone. But yeah. if you start changing that, then you start changing everything else as well. And I think maybe what we need to do is we need to stop looking at the cookie cookie cutter mold of recovery and you know if if in fact taking away the anonymity of it um starts saving people and starts allowing people to embrace what it is that we're doing then so be it i mean but you do have to have some kind of standard to work with because if not then you're not you're going to have nine million different ideas on how to do it and, you know, then it gets into chaos and it gets into grandiosity like us addicts and alcoholics like to do. And, um, you know, if you don't want to if you don't want to take my suggestions, I'll just take my scheme and go somewhere else and open my own facility. And that's dangerous. Yeah. And I think Alcoholics Anonymous as well come out of the cupboard about uh, six years ago. They had their first commercial on TV, on national TV. Right. And everyone gasped at the time. But I think times have changed. I think. Those people that need to stay anonymous, we respect that, guys. We respect the hell out of it. But there's a bunch of guys out there like me that want to get the, 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 the name out there. My, mm-hmm. When I go to an AA meeting, my name is always Rob Kelly. It's never Rob or Rob K. Right. If you want to find me, here's where I am. Here's my phone name. I've got nothing to hide, guys. You know, so it kind of, it's a two-edged sword. I kind of get it with the anonymity, but um, it's not for me anymore. There's too much work. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get it as well. And I wasn't, I wasn't hiding when I was actively, when I was actively new, using. They all knew that's Ray Lynch, and that's that no good character right there. So, you know, yeah. why, why do I have to hide behind an L? I get it because you know, I mean, you don't go into employers and go, "Hi, my name is Ray Lynch, and I'm a recovering addict or alcoholic." You don't, you just don't do that. And and if you do, you're you're trying not to get that job. But um, yeah. you know, so well, I get I that. Think piece. about it the same way as I would think about uh, you know a cancer survivor. Yeah, you're Ray Lynch. You're a recovering addict. You could be Ray Lynch, a cancer survivor, and 
you know, the, the hiring problem might be the same. But I don't right, think but she that I was a cancer survivor. Anything other than an illness. Yeah, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't share that I was a cancer survivor unless exactly. I didn't want the job. Exactly. So that's yeah, why I'm saying, that's what you know, I mean. like I mean, yeah. But out in the community, people do know, and and from from Rob's life as well. I'm sure. I mean, I don't know him intimately that I see him on a daily basis, but people know that Rob is in recovery, and it's not because of what he does. It's because of how he acts, how he was, and how he is. And people know that about me. And there are people that knew that I was using and then entrusted and then entrusted me with their children to coach them in baseball and football and stuff like that. So recovery does work osmosisly that way as well. Um, but to be, you know, to, you know, like Rob said, six years ago was the first, first time that they put a commercial out and people gasped. And I, and, and I get that. It, it is about, you know, one, to thine own self be true. So if you're comfortable with telling everybody who you are and, and where you've been, then more power to you because somebody's going to hear that and be able to embrace your message. But if you need to stay uh, cloaked in your own anonymity, then, then I, I get that as well. We picked a guy up from prison uh, over in L.A. The, the court released him to us, and we brought him over here. He was a two-bit actor that would never really got anywhere. He stayed with us for three months. He then became the highest-paid actor in the world and uh, a household name, and he's never once said um, that he's got help and that he's still this alcoholic. He, he doesn't even talk about it, and, and I really mm-hmm. cringe when I hear that because people are still tainted with that brush if I go for a job interview am I going to tell him and be honest or am I going to hide it and be deceitful because you can bet you sleep backside if you go and say I'm, I'm, I'm an alcoholic and I'm getting treatment you're not going to get a job no right. you know, it's just a right. stigma out there and the only people that realise and understand that is Ellen people like you who have son have a son or two sons or whatever it is that, that suffer from addiction and it's only you right. guys that understand what they're going through everybody else why can't they just stop it's like going mm. on a diet. Well, I, I was I diet. was exactly the same way until it you know it affected my children and then you know now I understand. But I mean, my brother-in-law, I was very judgmental, and he is finally, after forty years, he's clean for a year. Nice. Forty years wow. of using. But um, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I was very judgmental of him. I was judgmental of my mother-in-law. You know, for having a son like that. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. very ashamed of how I thought. All right. Well, we're coming up. We're coming up on uh, about a minute and a half left. So, Rob, why don't you um, give us the lowdown of of how somebody can get in touch with you again, and then that way we can hopefully get somebody on the road to righteousness through your assistance. And um, you know, we will definitely be talking to you in the near future when your book comes out. I wanna. I wanna be able to uh, have it in front of me and talk about it. So share how people can get in touch with you and then we'll, um, we'll sign off for the evening. Excellent guys. You can Google search me, Robert, Rob, Rob Kelly, just, or Dr. Rob Kelly, whichever's on there, you'll find me. And uh, if you've got a pen handy, my cell phone number is two one four six zero 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 two one zero. You can email me at Rob two B's. Remember, Rob at robkelly.com and the website's just robkelly.com. I want to just emphasize that I'm here to help you. You'll never get passed through to any of my staff. You will always come through to me. You don't have to give me your name or anything like that. You just need to ask for help. And I will direct you to the best of my ability and make you wiser 
for that phone call. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for sharing who you are and the value that you bring to the recovery community, Rob. Um, I will reach out again once your once your book comes available. We'll have you on. We'll share about that. And uh, with that, Ellen, do you have anything like that you want to say other than good night? I would just like to add my thanks and thank you for what you're doing for the families, Rob. My pleasure, guys. Great to be on with you. We'll see you again. Later. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. And with Miracles in Recovery. Hope is in your corner. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.